Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another edition of the Steelers Q&A. It's a Saturday morning here on the podcast, and I am excited to uh, talk some Steelers football with you. Hopefully we'll have some live viewers hop in in just a little bit and ask some questions. But what I want to focus on today as we are discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers, discussing what's next for them, uh, I want to turn our attention to player acquisition. It is around the corner now that the Steelers have free agency and the draft. Everything's ramping up for that. And I want to focus that way because the Steelers have kind of they've they've kind of made their moves now at the coaching staff, I think. And and they might add an assistant, maybe a um quality control type guy on the offense or defense here or there. Maybe a guy like Mike Brabel. You know, those are those are still options for this team. However, I I wouldn't say it's a good chance that those things happen. So I think it's time to turn to my favorite part of the offseason, player acquisition. And it is an intriguing, very interesting offseason for that. Because when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at where they struggled this last year. Most of it was injury-related. Uh, some of it <clears throat> was that they just didn't have the horses at some positions as well that they thought they did. So uh, it, it's going to be very interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason how they attack their roster and they do have some salary cap issues to figure out it's not a real problem I mean it's it's trying to think of the word it's more of a an inconvenience that they have to make moves to get cap compliant and then um, create space than it is an actual problem for this team. So Omar Khan's going to work his magic. They're going to have plenty of cash in the pocket to go out and sign free agents and, and get better as a team. So uh, there are a lot of strengths in this rookie class. There are, are a lot of good players in this free agency class as well. So they've got options, <clears throat> directions that they can go. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll have a plan in place to put together a really solid team. I think that all the talk this offseason from Art Rooney to Mike Tomlin to Omar Khan saying that they are tired of the one and dones in the playoffs, tired of being kind of a fringe team all year just to not know if they're going to make it in unless somebody helps them out. Woo. That is something to, to consider with this team for how they're going to attack this offseason. I really do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to attack it with offensively, if you will. They're going to take an offensive approach to this offseason and, and really bring in players that are going to try to help them get over the top. They're tired of trying to make it work with the guys that they have, quote unquote. Let's start getting into your questions. I We've got some already in the chat. Appreciate those uh, hopping in already. We've got Danny Owens Jr., Brian Brown, Jeremiah Yoder, all throwing in chat already so get get going with it hopefully we get more questions but let's start with Danny Owens Jr. with a great question Steelers need offensive tackle in first and offensive center in second what do you think I honestly love this prospect here of how to attack the draft and one of the things I wanted to talk about was some of the strengths of the uh, free agency group compared to the strengths of the uh, of the draft class and really, really looking good at the top of the class, specifically at offensive tackle, specifically right tackle, where the Steelers have a huge need, and center, where the Steelers have another huge need. 
if the Steelers went right tackle center with their first two picks, I would absolutely love that. And I agree with you, Danny, to go get the tackle first. I think you've got more high quality offensive tackles to choose from in the first round than you would in the second round. So, you know, you've got Talise Fuaga, you've got Tyler Guyton, you've got uh, Amari Mims, um, uh, you've got, or uh, Amari, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember his first name. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you've got some other guys too that could be, uh, that could avail themselves to the Steelers at that 20th pick at offensive tackle. That would be immediate plug and play starters that I don't think you find on day two, if you wait till then to get an offensive tackle, a right tackle specifically. And then center, <clears throat> a lot of people, rightly so, are really high on this Jackson Powers Johnson, JPJ version two, <laughs> right? Steelers had a JPJ in their draft class last year. Maybe they make it two in a row. Um, but JPJ, uh, the the center, he, he's getting a lot of hype and rightfully so. He's a, he's a mauler. He's a people mover. He's just a football player and a great fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you're not going to get him in round two. I think there are going to be guys in round two that you can go get Zach Frazier, Cedric Van Praan, uh, Graham Barton might even make it that far. I know he's a little more versatile, so teams might take him a little higher. Um, the, the, the Duke offensive guard who also can play center, who also can play tackle. He's got a lot of versatility, but projects best. At center, a lot of people, including Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com, have him as their top-ranked center in this class, despite him playing mostly guard throughout his tenure in college. So um, it's a it's a pretty good center class. You can find starters on day two that you couldn't find at right tackle on day two because of the positional value. So I'm going to say go for that right tackle in the first round. Really, really like Tyler Guyton if he's going to be there. I know he's not quite as not quite as um, refined a player as some of these other guys at the position, but he's going to be just fine uh, to start. And as the season goes on, he's going to be one of your best linemen before long. If he, if he makes the starting roster for you. Um, so yes, fantastic stuff there from Danny Owens, Jr. Uh, great question. Brian Brown, are you feeling that pressure from miles Garrett? Me too. And yet the game's outcome doesn't change almost at Yeah, absolutely. Almost at the only almost that uh, miles Garrett, or the only thing that Miles Garrett didn't almost do this year was win Defensive Player of the Year, um, and that is kind of in interesting because he was just almost the rest of the year. Absolutely, Brian Brown, great observations. Here's what I'll say about Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a phenomenal football player. If Miles Garrett was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers fans would love Miles Garrett. Um, and I know that he swung a helmet at Mason Rudolph. That's a, a rivalry game. We're, we're, you know, we've got to think about this from multiple perspectives here. If that was reversed, um, yeah, you can call him a dirty player, but it's not like other Steelers players hadn't done dirty things in the past on the field. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm getting myself in trouble here. I do not condone what Miles Garrett did. He, he was absolutely terrible. I'm glad he's a Brown and not a Steeler. Glad we have TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt's better. But to be fair, Miles Garrett is a great player. Um, did he deserve to win Defensive Player of the Year this year? No, he did not. Um, did he have a, a great season, an impactful season? Was he the best player on one of the best defenses in the league? Yes, he was. But that shouldn't be the only factor that you consider when you're figuring up Defensive Player of the Year. So 
Pittsburgh Steelers fans have every right to be absolutely ticked off that TJ Watt was snubbed. And TJ Watt has every right to be ticked off as well. All right, Jeremiah Yoder. Do you think the Steelers should bring in a veteran quarterback or stand pat with the quarterbacks that they have? Minus turnover Bisky. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Pick Trubisky, as I like to call him. Picks Trubisky needs to be gone. That That's the only no-brainer here. Now, I am not... I am not as fond of the go get Kirk Cousins chatter that that Steelers fans like to present. I mean, it, it would be fine, but you do limit yourself if you do that on other moves you can make. And I do think the Steelers need to make other moves in free agency. <clears throat> so, you know, the one I've been pushing for uh, for bringing in a veteran quarterback has obviously been Justin Fields. And yeah, he's a veteran. Um, he, he's still on his rookie contract, I guess, but he's been in the, in the league for a few years now. Um, I don't think it's going to take a first round pick to go get him. I really don't. Um, so if the Steelers offer their second round pick, um, and a seventh round pick, I'd be fine with that. Um, maybe send their three and one of their fours. They've got two fours in a row. You know, I don't know what it's going to take, uh, but I don't think it's going to take a first round pick and I wouldn't send a first round pick for Justin Fields. Here's what I would do. And I mentioned this on my daily drive episode that I do every day uh, during the weekdays around noon, one o'clock. Um, just a 60 second snippet of my Steelers thoughts for the day while I'm driving for work. And um, one of my uh, thoughts this week was my ideal three man quarterback room. And so I'm saying, Kenny Pickett, obviously you got to roll with Kenny Pickett. You got to bring him or not bring him back, but you've got to give him a shot unless you're going to go get Kirk Cousins. That's the only scenario where you don't give him a shot. Uh, you give him a shot, no matter who you bring in. And what I would do is I wouldn't re-sign Mason Rudolph for $12 million a year because that's I th- what, what I think he's going to – what he's going to command on the open market is 10 to $12 million. I would go get Ryan Tannehill, and not because I think that he's going to be this great option behind Kenny Pickett, um, or a great option to compete with Kenny Pickett for the starting job. If you do that, you ride with Kenny and you see what he can do in a new offense. Um, and then if Tana, if he doesn't work out, then you can go to Tannehill and expect at least competent quarterback play, um, if not spectacular quarterback play, if not even league average quarterback play. I don't think he's a league average quarterback at this time in his career. But the biggest deal is to mentor Kenny Pickett. Um, if you can't get fields, go this route mentor Kenny Pickett with Ryan Tannehill on a one-year deal um get him in town for five million dollars and let him just teach let him be a presence in this locker room let him be the guy who's been there done that in the style of play that Kenny Pickett wants to play and if you do that I think you give Kenny the best chance to fix himself for this season and then hear me out if it doesn't work out then you have an easy off-ramp next year. You have an absolutely easy off-ramp. You don't need to have Ryan Tannehill back, or you can have him back as a mentor again and go draft somebody high. But you don't have to ride with Kenny Pickett in the the fifth-year option. He can be relegated to backup duties as well, and you go get another quarterback if it doesn't work out. Easy off-ramp. But if you re-sign Mason Rudolph and you have him compete with Kenny Pickett, uh, and then Mason Rudolph wins the starting job over Kenny Pickett. And Mason Rudolph is only okay at quarterback. Um, and Kenny Pickett's not great, um, obviously. Then you've got a decision to make. Are we okay with only okay at quarterback? Or 
you know, what do we do? So I just think it makes it easier for the Steelers moving forward if Kenny Pickett is the starting quarterback to start the year and gets a shot to show if he can do it. If he can, great. Then then you've got your quarterback. But if not, great. Then you can move on without any holdbacks. Any holdbacks. So I would go Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, and draft a young player in the middle portions of the draft. Uh, Joe Milton the third right now is my favorite of those options. Um, so that would be that would be my take on on this uh, question right now. All right, Todd Hall's got a good question here. What do you think about grabbing Trotter or another linebacker in first round and moving up in the second round if available, um, or moving up in the second round if available? So I, I like Jeremiah Trotter, but I don't like him in the first round. Uh, I think the Steelers have bigger issues elsewhere. Um, this is one of those positions where I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will target an inside linebacker in free agency because I think there's one guy that is going to stand out. And nobody's really talking about this guy. I'm surprised. Steeler Nation is usually all on these types of guys. But it's Devin White that I think the Steelers could go after in free agency and, and make a play for. I don't think he's going to command a huge salary because he had an off year. He's going to come on a prove-it deal potentially. The Steelers loved, loved, loved Devin White in that draft process in 2019. Settled for trading, settled for, traded up for Devin Bush when they couldn't get White because he went too early. And White has an all-pro on his resume, I believe, or at least a Pro Bowl or two. So this is a guy who's 25 years old who just had a bad year. And he didn't look quite as explosive, but I think that that was injury-related. I, I don't think he was extremely healthy this year. I think he could come back very explosive. I think the Steelers would like to make a play for him if they could. Would I would be surprised if there are no rumors about a potential uh, go after Devin White in free agency season. But if you can't land him, uh, then I think you bring back the guys you, you had last year and you do draft somebody. I'm not going to take Trotter in the first round. I really like the um, Edgerin, uh, Edgerin Cole, I think. I can't remember his last name now. <laughs> From uh, uh, from Texas A&M, I think that he's a really good player. I think he's long and lean, and, and just a a good linebacker like the Steelers like to to attack. So or like to have on their roster. Um, so that's how I would I, how I would deal with that. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get to more questions, more comments from from you guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's take our break. Uh, this is for the audio side. If you are if you are um, listening live, then don't go anywhere. We'll be, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a, a couple questions here, so I'm losing track. Let's talk on the other side of the break here about more Steelers questions that you guys are giving, and, and we will get into that here in just a second. All right, welcome back to the Steelers Q&A. Uh, thanks for sticking with me through that rough patch at the very end here. Uh, so uh, there are some more questions. Uh, I do want to talk through these. Uh, let's see here. Well, a lot of questions popped in since uh, since my last one. Okay, here we go. Brian Brown says, and TJ Watt scored the defensive touchdown to beat Cleveland when the offense couldn't. The Steelers must have been under pressure from Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, back to the Miles Garrett discussion. Uh, you know, TJ Watt, definitely more impactful than Miles Garrett, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, okay. 
This is a good question. Mark Lancaster says, if J.J. McCarthy is there at 20, does Omar pull the trigger? This is the guy that skull drug panics in the end scene. Yeah. National championship game was not a good look for Penix, and, and McCarthy did look good. I like McCarthy. Now, he's six foot three, 205 pounds. Um, I was talking to my my pal Andrew Wilbar, who's a Michigan fan, and he he's not as high on McCarthy, the pick, I don't think, uh, as he was uh, him as a college quarterback. But he did mention to me that he does think McCarthy could add weight and get bulkier, get bigger. And that would be my one concern. 6'3", 205, that is lean, my friends. That is that is a, an injury waiting to happen at the NFL level. And, and so that scares me. But I do like what he can do with the football. I like the fact that he's been in big game moments. I like the fact that he's a national champion. Um, he is kind of a poor man's Joe Burrow. I think that that's a, a fair comparison. Uh and if, if he hits his ceiling, if he puts on some weight, then I think that he could be a, a viable NFL quarterback. So I don't think the Steelers pull the trigger on McCarthy if he falls to 20. Um, I think that the Steelers are keen on building the offensive line more so than adding another quarterback through the draft that early. So I, I, I do think that McCarthy is a fine name to consider here. If he's at 20, I think – I personally think that it should be a conversation at least, but I don't think the Steelers are going to consider it a, a, a conversation. So uh, let's see. Let's see here more. Okay. Somebody asked about uh, Milton, Corey Eckenroth. Thank you. Uh, Joe Milton can be a seventh round practice squad guy to emulate Jackson. Uh, you know, I think he's got more development aspects than that i don't think he's going to go early there was another question here uh, about him going early i don't think he's going to go early in the draft like day two but i do think he's a day three pick uh maybe a sixth rounder if you're pittsburgh a fifth rounder if you want to trade back up and he's still there and you just want to land him uh because i mean if, if this guy ever plays to his physical potential he's josh allen he's cam newton uh, that's the kind of player he could be so um, I don't think that he's, well, he's, he would be Cam Newton with the Josh Allen arm, I guess is what you would say. Uh, so I don't know if that'll ever happen. Obviously that's a, a long shot because he's so raw, but, um, uh, we've seen stranger things like a tiny quarterback from Iowa come in and become the guy, uh, in San Francisco, <laughs> In the Super Bowl. That just doesn't happen either. So this guy's got all the talent in the world. I think that it's it should be an option for the Steelers as more than just a guy to emulate Jackson, but I think that that could help them in year, in year one as well. Um, okay, a very interesting question here. Uh, Black Thanos says, what would it cost to bring Russell in? Obviously referring to Russell Wilson. I don't think it's going to cost that much because I think that the Broncos are going to cut him. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to trade for him at that salary. So you cut him. Um, the Broncos are on the hooks for the salary and then you sign him to whatever you want. I would not hate this as much as some other Steelers fans. I don't personally want this, but I wouldn't hate it. I think Russell Wilson can be a league average quarterback. I think he was around league average last year based on what I saw of him. So if the Steelers have league average at quarterback, I think they can go places. Now, I don't like the Russell Wilson vibe. 
personally. Um, but that's maybe just be me. I, I I'm just not a fan of his aura, if you will, <laughs> the aura of Russell Wilson. So uh, I would be a little wary about that too. But uh, I'm 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 just not sure. I I do think that it wouldn't cost a lot, so I, it's definitely going to be an option for them. I think that they would be intrigued by that. Uh, a winning quarterback, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, um, who's not going to cost you a lot. Yeah, uh, I think that they would be very interested in that. So we'll see. Um, if I had to take a guess at a, a splashy move that the Steelers would make, it wouldn't be Fields, which I would prefer. It wouldn't be uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, which I would also prefer to Russell Wilson. I think it would be Russell Wilson. If they make a splash at a big-name quarterback, I think that that would be the guy. Um, let's see here. Brian Mizwa says both our top two wide receivers wants Mason. Absolutely. And, you know, I've kind of left him out of the discussion to this point, and maybe that's that's just poor judgment on my part. I just think that he is option number one, and I just, I just don't know if the Steelers are going to be able to bring him back. But I've kind of dismissed him because I think they want to have him back. It's the most likely thing that they could have him back over anybody else. Um, so I'm just kind of looking outside the box a little bit since he's been a Steeler already. But it's very likely that Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph are battling it out for QB1 in training camp. And it's very likely that Mason Rudolph would get that job, just to be fair. I really think it is. So we'll see how that plays out. But the fact that he has the uh, he has the approval of his wide receivers is important. I really think it is. Um, but a lot of this has to do with the new offense and Arthur Smith and what he wants as well. Uh, let's see. Edron Cooper. Thank you, Corey. Uh, that was uh, the name I, I could not figure a little bit early, earlier. Um, let's see. Just trying to find. Okay, here we go. Mark Lancaster says, do we address cornerback in the draft or free agency? If Trice comes back with no limitations, you cut Peterson and sign Legereus Need. Pat P isn't worth nine mil this year. No, but uh, Legereus Need is going to be worth probably 20 mil this year. So that's going to be tough to cut if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I would love it, but it's going to be tough to cut. Um, I think you address cornerback in the draft and free agency. I do. I think you bring in a... a a, a CB2 in free agency, and then you you draft a guy as well. And then I don't think you can bank on Corey Trice being a good football player. I think that that's definitely on the scope of things that could happen, but I don't think you bank on it. If you bank on it, then you're, you might be in trouble because he's a seventh-round pick. I know a lot of people said he should have gone earlier. I was one of those guys, but he fell where he fell. And so there were obviously reasons for that, uh, according to scouts and NFL teams. So banking on him being the guy opposite Porter is a, is a big gamble. So you definitely have to go get somebody and you definitely have to draft a guy in my opinion as well. So that third round is, is a very, is a sweet spot to me to draft uh, a cornerback third or fourth round for a guy who can project into a starting role, potentially down the road. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Brown. Am I the only one who thinks Russell Wilson and Mitch Trubisky are the same style player? Wilson is a product of system and fate. I have been long for the argument that he's a product of, of fate. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was a, an incredible, just a, it, it, one of those generational defenses. And 
um, you know, a, a guy who had just enough magic to get it done in a, in a Super Bowl. And, you know, outside of a coaching debacle, he's probably a two-time Super Bowl champion. So that, that to me, I, I just think that you can't take away the experience in those games from him. So I think that does, that does play into his, um, his market value. Um, the fact that he is a guy who's been there, done that, but I, I'm not going to say Wilson is the same style player as Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky is just a freelancer who doesn't take care of the football. Russell Wilson is not that kind of player. I think he's, I think he's a little bit more in control and reads the defense a little bit better. So um, I get where you're coming from stylistically, but I don't think they end up playing the game the same exact way. Uh, let's see here. Oh, we got a super chat. Um, Russell Wilson had 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions and 10 fumbles. Yeah, not great. And as far as the turnovers go, um, but uh, you know, that it was, he was efficient for portions of the year. Um, he looked all right. I think he would look good in a play action system like Arthur Smith likes to run. Um, a lot of pistol type stuff, uh, RPOs. I think that Arthur Smith can incorporate those very well into his game. Um, I'm not saying Russell Wilson is the answer, uh, but I'm just saying he can provide you at least mid-level quarterback play if if Kenny Pickett doesn't work out. So uh, thank you for the $5, Big E Bronco. We appreciate that. Um, and I, I do agree with you. Russell Wilson's production wasn't fantastic, but it was better than anything the Steelers had on the roster outside of Mason Rudolph over two games. And I do want to say about Mason Rudolph, his ceiling is untapped as well. So you bring him back, maybe he's a really good quarterback. I, I just find myself doubting that. And I think that that is only fair because he, he never just took over the quarterback room for the, and you know, maybe that's on Tomlin. Maybe that's on coaches. I don't know. I have trouble thinking of him as the answer at quarterback as well. Uh, let's see. Brian Brown has a good point here. Steelers fans will never stop yelling about it. If Mason Rudolph goes somewhere else and shreds the league evidence shows that he will. I, I don't know about that. Brian, I evidence shows that he might evidence doesn't show that he will. Um, you know, it, he it's a three game sample plus the playoffs and in the playoffs he was he was mid <laughs> to use what the kids say he wasn't great in the playoffs yeah he gave him a shot but i mean kenny pickett gave the team a shot throughout the year i mean you can't say he didn't he did he was seven and two in games he started and finished so uh it to me mason rudolph's production was definitely way better but teams didn't have tape on him in that system um it was a fairly light schedule defensively that they played. Um, uh, you know, a, a bad rain game against the Ravens kind of buckled his production there. But, um, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I'm not ready to jump on the Mason Rudolph bandwagon yet. I'm just not. So, uh, but I do think that he's a viable option this year. And I think that if he is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they will be right back where they were last year. French playoff team probably could make the playoffs. Um, and, Maybe, just maybe, win a playoff game. That's my thought. Uh, let's see here. All right, uh, Big E Bronco says, go watch the games that they won and see how they won it. It wasn't because of Russell Wilson. Looking at the stats, go look at where he was throwing the ball and how he was throwing the ball. I, you know, I watched a lot of Russell Wilson tape, actually, this year, 
And I thought he was, I thought it was a mid-tier quarterback. I, I really did. I, I thought his decision making was just fine. Um, I thought he made some incredible throws into um coverage in the red zone that turned into really spectacular catches. I thought that he he was a, a very feasible quarterback. Now, uh, you know, I, I would not love it if he was the Steelers quarterback this year, but I would just I'm just saying I wouldn't hate it as much as some other things. So uh let's see. Here's a good comment from Turk Hollinger. Fans fuss either way about anybody. Instead of Fields, maybe someone like Trey Lance. Hey, you know, they can do that. Um, he's, he's a guy that I know was on their radar in the draft. Maybe they uh, make a play for him. There's there's going to be there's going to be options out there that maybe we're not even considering. And I think that this is a, a very, um, very interesting one as well. So let's see here. Mark Lancaster says Pickett is 14 and 10 under Matt Canada's system. That is an amazing feat to me. Kenny will thrive under Arthur Smith. He finally learned professional fundamentals. You know, this is something the Steelers could bank on. Absolutely. And, and something that I was me basically mentioning when I said my ideal three-man quarterback room is Pickett, um, Pickett, Tannehill, and Joe Milton. Um, because I think, I, I think we underestimate that he played – under the worst offensive coordinator in league history, uh, maybe, especially Steelers history, definitely the worst one in the league the last few years, um, Matt Canada's system did not work. There was no fluidity to it. So, yeah, you could call out that there were wide receivers open that Kenny missed, and that is true. But it's uh, a lot of that is because the system was not taught well, and there was no fluidity to it, no cohesion to the way offense was played under Matt Canada. You did things just for the sake of doing them, not to set up anything else. And so I, I am not ready to give up on Kenny Pickett yet. I am by no means a Kenny Pickett truther either. I do not think that he has been a good quarterback. I think that he has been, <coughs> excuse me, severely hampered and played bad. <laughs> I mean, that is just the way it's been. Uh, now, in the fourth quarters, what you've seen is, the team say, screw it. We got to win this game. So just go out there and play in rhythm um, and, and find an open guy. Just do it, Kenny. And he's done that, right? He's done that. So that's what gives you hope um, to, to find out what he could really be. So uh, I do think that the Arthur Smith system comes into play with this. I think he makes life easier on quarterbacks. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's see here. Black Thanos says the Steelers are trying to win a playoff game. Which of these available quarterbacks do you see possibly outdueling the likes of Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, etc.? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Justin Fields, if he can improve as a passer, um, if he can settle down in a, in a in a passing game. So those are the only two guys. Um, yeah, it. You're in a tough spot if you're Pittsburgh. You're in quarterback purgatory. I mean, we talked about this, Steelers Nation. We talked about it when the Steelers were were in the tail end of the Roethlisberger career and, and people were starting to get ready to, to try something else. You know, you always hoped it would be a smooth transition, but it just doesn't happen that often. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So Pittsburgh Steelers are in a tough place at quarterback. And especially when you consider 
the absolute heights that these other guys are playing at right now. It's tough to imagine them competing um, unless they find that type of guy. But football is a team sport. And, I mean, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they're the ultimate team. Football is a team sport kind of team. They just play solid fundamentals throughout. They're well-coached. They have really, really good players on both sides of the ball. And they have a quarterback who makes it work. And if the Steelers can get to that level, good players on both sides of the ball, really good players on both sides of the ball, and a quarterback that can make it work, you have a chance at being relevant in January. And are you going to outduel Mahomes? Maybe not. But can you get one over on him on defense for one game? Yeah, you could. Um, it's hard, but you could. So that is the kind of situation where we have to consider ourselves until we find that next franchise quarterback. And right now, I'm going to venture to say it's not Kenny Pickett. It's not Mason Rudolph. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a draft pick this year. Um, because you're not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I'm even skeptical skeptical of Jaden Daniels as a franchise quarterback. Just I am. So it's tough. It's tough. And are the Steelers ever going to lose enough games to put themselves in viable contention for a top-tier quarterback at the top end of a, of a draft? I don't know. You're going to have to get lucky probably. And uh, that is a tough spot to be in for the Steelers. All right. Thank you all for turning – or for excuse me for tuning in to the Steelers uh, Q and A. Sorry we had to do it on Saturday morning, but I'm not doing it during the Super Bowl. I'm watching that dang game, and I'm rooting for the 49ers. I know, I know they're going to get six Super Bowls if they win, but I just do not want to see the Chiefs win again. I just don't. I just don't want to see it. I'm tired of it, and I do appreciate greatness. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing I've ever seen at quarterback. Uh, to, just to be fair, just to be honest, but I'm tired of it. I'm ready for something else. And I would love to see Kyle Shanahan win. So I'm rooting for Kyle Shanahan this week. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Hope you guys get a chance to watch the Super Bowl. Hope you had a good time on this show. We will be back next week on the Steelers Q&A, probably Sunday night. Stay tuned. We will keep you posted. Talk to you next week. <laughs>